caricature that i had made is like right up in it for some reason it must have got shuffled to my top icon on my desktop so i'm looking at it right now that <sighs> bad caricature i got the made in three of us oh yeah. okay yeah welcome to read me I'm romance so glad, <laughs> i'm glad somebody gets to look at that <laughs> you're wearing a really you're about you're all looked really cute that day though we did that picture does not reflect that no, no. it does not it does not <laughs> all right i want to yell at you guys okay because I feel like neither one of you bitches did a good enough job telling me how amazing the Highwayman and fucking Gregory are. Oh, okay, wait. I like haven't a, read Gregory. I, I'm telling you right now. You haven't read. You haven't read that one by Lauren Blake or Blakely? Is no Lauren one. Smith. Lauren Smith. Sorry, sorry. You haven't read. No, that I one. haven't. Okay, because y'all mentioned it on the podcast. And I downloaded them because I was like, these sound really good. Everybody stop what you're doing <laughs> and pick both of these books up. Oh, my God. They were so good. First of all, Highwayman, I loved. And I know you guys raved about well, it. Highwayman by Kerrigan Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E. Kerrigan yes. Byrne, it's a, it's a historical. But he he doesn't fuck her because he's so obsessed with her and he like wants her so bad and he's just like he won't let her touch him because he's gonna lose his fucking mind if she does and it's just it's so good oh my god it was so good i loved it so much now that book was long because the audiobook was like 12 hours 10 or 12 hours it was long but it was just so good and then i find out in the read me romance group people are like you know there's more and i was like what <laughs> I <just> screamed <laughs> so i had to go like get the rest of these books because they're so you mean, good you're still talking about kerrigan yeah kerrigan like the highway i know like i have all the other books, books still series. i haven't read them yet oh my god ha- and so apparently that- the high the highlander is the best one yeah, I know. No, yeah. So, like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I've downloaded all those, and I've got them on audio. Now, those are longer ones. But the Lauren Smith one, the Gregory, holy fucking This is the Dragon balls. Shifters? Yes. Right, talk about it. And so, all right. So, listen. So, she is, like, a researcher. She's a teacher from, like, Michigan or something. And they've told her, they were like, we're going to give you a year to do this research to prove that your theory. Because her theory is not that dragons were ever real, but that they were, like, descendant from, like, dinosaurs. Like, they were somehow in relation to that. Because she was like, dinosaurs are brought up in every, like, um forget the correct terminology but it's like every group of people that ever existed like the vikings the pharaohs like you know the mayans like everybody has references back to this they've got to be like legit in some form or fashion like maybe they just went out when the dinosaurs went out or something like that so she's doing research on it to prove it and she finds this book and it's a journal it's not like a book book it's a journal it's handwritten by this guy and it says my my year with dragons and he meets these three brothers and they're dragon shifters and they they're like they're like 2000 years old and he talks about like his time with them well she checks out this book and there's an alert for when this book gets t- 
touched or whatever, like it goes out. And so she she handles this book with gloves and stuff and the shifter comes and he's still able to smell her and like he smells her virginity and it drives his dragon insane. Like he is insane with need and he just goes and takes her like he hunts her down and captures her and takes her to his house and he's like, you're mine. My dragon wants you. And she's like, what? Wait a minute. Like, these are real. And he's like, yes, we're mates. So basically, like, this is everyone, he, every romance reader's oh fantasy God. of like checking a book out of the library and then, some, <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> and then yes, some fucking exactly. dragon just shows up. And she said, oh, there's like this line in it where it's something like she was like, I guess reading paid off. Whatever. <laughs> I was like, you're damn right it did. Like, I just need to just obsess about this book with someone right now because holy shit, like I could not get enough of it. And it's not long. It was like maybe six hours on audio or something. It wasn't too bad. But like, it's so good. He's so obsessed with her. Like, he's like, you're my mate. I want you so bad. And it's like, she realizes like there's like, like why she's special to him and everything. But like, he has this tattoo of a dragon and it's like as soon as he finds her this like nest appears like around the dragon because it's making a nest because it's mated now it wants a oh family my god. and i'm just like oh my god it's like all these things about it are just so good and the sex is unreal like it's so fucking hot because he just wants her so bad and he's so intense about it and everything it's so good and so at the end of it So he has these, there's three brothers in the book that she reads, but when you meet him on the page, you realize he has one brother that's been missing. He's been gone forever. And he has one brother that's really close to him. And so each, each brother gets a book. So there's three of them. I bought all three already. And so on the next book, like the first book ends and you see like a glimpse on the TV of the, uh, one of the brothers that's been missing. And you're like, Oh my God, I need that one right now. Like I need to know what happens. So the second book has started out and it started out really interesting the way she did it. So I don't want to spoil anything though. So I'm just getting into the second one, but God, it's so good. So uh, the first one's Gregory and I can't remember. I'm going to look up. Hold I on. feel like it's spelled G-R-I-G-O-R-I, like, and Gregory by Lauren Smith. G-R-I-G-O-R. Yeah. It's the Brothers of Ash and Fire by Lauren Smith. That's the series. Like the audiobooks. I'm telling you guys, the woman who does this, because it's of the first book is a woman the entire time that narrates it. She does a Russian accent for the guy and because they're from Russia and holy shit is so fucking sexy the way she does the accent the way he talks to her and he's like speaking of russia have you guys watched chernobyl on hbo (laughs) (laughs) just kidding we're never gonna okay no i definitely got it okay so but you loved the highwayman too oh my god i love the highwayman it was so sweet and so the epilogue was Beautiful. Beautiful. It was like the most perfect epilogue ever. And I just, I found out there was more and I just screamed and just and I ran loved, to Audible like, and bought all of I them. I just loved like how the heroine had this, um, she had this job like working in a prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the local jail. And she yeah. was just like the super capable woman who had this mission and she wanted to help mm-hmm. female sex workers. And yeah, like, it yeah, was just, it, yeah. that's why I really like Kerrigan Burns writing is because it feels like there's modern tones to it. Like mm-hmm. it feels like a yeah. modern sensitivity that I don't. It didn't feel like a historical at all. When I was reading it, She has it, a it modern voice, like but it. yeah, for but you sure. don't feel like and you're missing like, out on any of the charm of the historical novel mm-hmm. either. 
And a lot of romances now, like, we don't really talk about, like, oh, I'm going to go check my Facebook and stuff like that. Like, we don't really talk about, like, cell phones. And then when we write, I mean, you could definitely change a couple of things and probably make one of our books a historical. But And that's how I felt when I was reading Carrick and Burn. It was just, like, I, I felt like this was, this could have happened in modern day. It wasn't necessarily had, it didn't have to be based around a historical. So I think for people who have never read a historical, like myself, or just weren't interested in it to begin with, this was an amazing story and a great way to do it. Yeah, it's a great, it's a so, great book. And the other thing I want to tell you is, is that I read the book, or listened to it, Hold by Claire Kent. <laughs> the one where the guy was in the Talk cell. about it. Preach. Oh my God. That one. They fuck nonstop fuck in that nonstop. book. Just nonstop. And you know what, though? About an hour into listening to it, I was like, I've read this book. Like, I knew I had read it once I started listening. To it. I didn't stop, though. And it was so damn good because I was like, I think I know how this ends. And I don't know at what point I read it. I should go back in my I emails and see. I told you like, to read it forever I know, ago. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's probably been like six, seven years ago or whatever it was when we were talking about books back then. But whenever this book was published, holy shit, it's so good. It is like you get that little voyeuristic kink where they just watch them fuck. That is so hot to me. They're in a cell with nothing to do. Just like the the prisoners just lined up just like... (sighs) horny face watching these two people just go like at it. Just like panting for her. Yeah. Like watching him like give him a blowjob and stuff and they're just like dying for her. Uh, oh my God. It's it's, so yeah, you're like good. a commodity. Yes. And there's something that's like really hot about that just being like an object of sexual satisfaction mm-hmm. or there's a sexual yep. um, need to like a big group of men, even though that would be probably really terrifying in real life. But yes. like just the thought of it, you know, like, oh, it's just so hot. And oh I just love that. And I did she get off the first time they did it? I can't remember. Yes. She gets off. Oh, yeah. And that kind mm-hmm. of like, because it is, he's very invested in getting her off, which it, it like makes it 10 times yeah. better. Ma- it's not just him Absolutely. like slaking his need over and over again. It's like he wants to, he wants her to feel it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Did you read anything this week, Mel? I don't think I read anything this week. I thought you said that. It's been a short week, but I just I painted. So uh, the past few days, I painted my living room. I painted a bedroom. I painted my bathroom. And uh, the whole time I had my earbuds in. So I got to listen to like all three of these books while I was doing this. And I was like, this has been the greatest. Like, I don't know if I was in a reading slump on romance or whatever it was, but I just feel so recharged after listening to those three books books because it satisfied all my needs with the historical one with just the obsessive alpha the shifter one with like the fantasy just dirty and then you got that nasty hold book like oh my god like it just like all three it of those boxes were check 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 like i was like this has been the greatest listening experience for me in a long i'm gonna time. roll two so, with books i'm reading um oh, hit it i'm up. reading making well, I, I just read one this week, but before that, I was I read some good ones as well. Making Up by Helena Hunting. I'm reading an arc of it right now, and yeah. it's really good. It's like she's so nice. She's so nice. She's she Canadian, is. so oh okay. I think she's yeah. It's like it's like in her DNA. <laughs> that explains it. <laughs> it. The heroine, her name is Cozy, and she works at a sex oh, toy store. I like that. And this guy comes in to buy, and this guy comes in to buy um like sex toys and like dildos and stuff for a bachelor party. And she's like, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's you know he's driving like a like a really expensive like a Tesla, and he's like you know just smells like money, right? Um, but he comes back to ask her out like a couple weeks later. He's like, I really I can't stop thinking about you. And, you know, like, can we go out? And But then like 
The amount of drama in this book, like it just like give me an example of the drama. Oh my, okay. She's working. She's like a, a, a hospitality student. Like she's learning to work in ho- the hospitality field. You know, so she goes yeah. to like tour hotels, and then she finds out like he runs the he owns the hotel chain, oh, and shit. he hadn't told her okay. yet. Oh, I don't even want to ruin it. Just I, basically, okay. just okay. things keep happening over. Like they they can't be happy for longer than half a chapter when something else happens. <laughs> but it's so entertaining, like and Helena Hunting is just a really skilled writer, and she's very funny. Like the the writing is so funny um, that yeah. I just smile through the whole thing. So I don't think it's out oh, yet, that's but awesome. it's coming out probably in the next week or two. So grab it. Oh, yeah, it might be out. Fine, might, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, fine, do it. <laughs> <laughs> make me, make me fine. So the other thing I. I did last week was I went to a graduation party for my niece. Oh, sorry. She's actually my cousin's daughter, but I call her my niece because that's the it's just the, just, that's the age yeah. that she is. She's an eight niece age. She, <laughs> she got into MIT. Wow. What the fuck? Why? She's going How? to MIT. Jesus Christ. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. Like she's going there to play lacrosse. Like she's not even getting a scholarship. Like she just Shit. got into MIT and her it, like her going there it's contingent on her playing lacrosse for them. Like that's it's that's so awesome. difficult to get into there. Hell yeah. So I and know. as I was Good at this party her. I was thinking like do you wish that you had tried harder in school or done anything differently or are you happy with like how like, do you wish you'd had a different college experience? Did you, like, have the fullest one that you could have? I wish that maybe I would have played a sport or something or gotten into Not that I want to be athletic, but I enjoyed the camaraderie. Like, I played football in high school. We had a girls team, and but we didn't play regularly. We only got to play, like, twice a year. And so, but it was so fun when we did it. And I wish I would have done, like, lacrosse or soccer or something like that where I could have, like, had more of that girl group energy, you know, because I think I would have made more memories because I just don't have a lot of memories that are good from high school. So I just wish I would have had more of those experiences. So maybe if I knew, you know, if I could go, if I had to go back and do that again, I think I would have wanted to be more of a joiner instead of really just passing by. Yeah, I agree with that. I would have think I'd rather have been a joiner because I think I just moved through the motions like I don't yeah, even yeah. now I'm like I don't want to go back but if we're going to go back and do something different yeah. this is what we're going to do 100 <laughs> percent. That's, that's I'm like I don't want to go do it again but if I had to and if I had to really if I had to instill something in my kids I think I would do that you know I'd be like you should really try to join this or I would really encourage them to do more things but I like think that's that. with everything we even said that with prom we're like enjoy the moment yeah yeah enjoy the fanfare the pomp and circumstance like being it a part of silly a, but a team yeah a, yeah just all of that don't don't be too don't be too cool for it yeah 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 what about you yeah that's how it was in high high school for me where I I just thought I was too cool for everything but college like I was almost crying for her at this graduation party because I I just can't even imagine the experiences that she's Mm -hmm. gonna have like the friends she's gonna make and like the secrets they're gonna tell and just like waking up the next morning and being like talking about the party the night before and yeah I just like I I just wish I could do it over so badly. You know, like I really, really? was just like, I just wanted my life to changes. start. I was done with school. I was just like, I'm going to be a waitress mm-hmm. and just do community college and just get through it. And mm-hmm. I really feel like if I would have applied myself more in high school and like really tried, you know, you I don't like, what am I complaining about? I have my dream job, but seriously. I know, exactly. <laughs> no, but I think, I think there's,
there comes a different part in your life where it's never in the moment where you think this is it. Like I'm appreciating this. Uh, like, have you ever had that moment in your life where you're just like, yes, at this point and in my career, in my job or in myself, I am appreciating everything. I wouldn't change a thing. You know, like nobody, I don't think anybody. Has I know that we really need to, we really need to like stop yeah. and acknowledge when we're happy. Do you, and how kick ass we are and what we've accomplished yeah. and just badass bitches. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing it a little bit more lately. I think like Mackenzie yeah, yeah. getting sick actually put things into perspective for me where I can yeah. t- I can stop and go, okay, like I need to enjoy this moment right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also like she's not sick. I shouldn't say she's sick, but uh, you know what I mean? I know. Yeah. Um, but also uh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> just like appreciating, but just appreciating your t- – to stop and take a moment and just recognize – When it comes that, like, to like professional stuff though, lot. like I don't feel like yeah. – you you guys do it too where you're, you don't stop to go, wow, we made it to this number. Like let's take a couple yeah, of days yeah. to like rejoice in that. You're like, what's next? Mm-hmm. What's next? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Or to be able and – I, and I know I've said it before, but just to be you know, sort of an artist and have this thing that you're creating, I think it's – it feels very selfish to pat yourself on the back, yeah. you know? And I think a lot of it, especially like you say, with your niece, that's going, that's been accepted to MIT and all the things that she's got that she's looking forward to. She's not going to appreciate those moments. Like you would, you know, if you're on the outside looking at those moments thinking, Oh my God, you're going to have such a great time. She's going to be thinking about finals and classes and money and, zits and, and periods. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. She's yeah. just thinking about all that's this. That's true. Shit. It's it really is like they say and like getting through it. She's going to be like, I'm need to finish this and get this and when i'm done with this i can do this like instead of just being present in the moment i think that's something everybody in every point of their life can take uh take that and try to implement it is just to be present the only way you could do you could really maximize on it is going back with like the knowledge that you have now like if i could yeah. go back as like a mother and a wife and a like with 35 yeah. years of life experience and go back to 18 mm-hmm. that would yeah you'd rule the world like, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't you rule the yeah. world like, if you could do that? Yeah, for sure. With all your life experience? Well, you know, my husband actually asked me that the other day because we've been watching a show. I think it's on Netflix Chernobyl? for a while. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop it. No, it's – I can't remember the name and he's going to choke me after this. But it's about time travel and there's, like it's, – it's based in Germany. But there's, like, translation and stuff. I don't know. It's a weird show. And it's hard to watch because sometimes it makes my head hurt because there's people who go – it's a time loop. So people are different ages at different points in the and they go from past to future. They go back and forth a bunch. So it hurts my head to think about it. But anyways, after one of the shows one night, he said, if you could go to the future or go to the past, which one would you do? And I was like, well, past is a known quantity. Like, I know what's going to happen there. You know, the future I'm worried about. And he was like, well, what about like, wouldn't you fuck something up in the future? And I was like, oh, no, no. I said, let's rearrange this question. I said, if you could go. If you had to go to the past or the future and you had to stay there, where would you go? Oh, definitely the past. That's what I think, too. Like, it's a known quantity. Yeah, there's, there's this show called The Umbrella Academy. Safe. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I've only watched the first episode so far, but there is one character who comes back. I'm not ruining anything because, like, it's the first episode. But there's Mm -hmm. one of the characters who's just come back from the future. And he's like, Mm -hmm. the world ends in 10 days. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's the plot. <laughs> yeah. And now they have to figure out how yeah. to stop. Like they're all, they're all estranged. They're all so basically this Umbrella Academy show. It's great. It's got Ellen Page in it. There's like six gifted children um who have superpowers and the world knows it like they're well known for being superheroes but they're estranged from each other and now their dad has died so they're coming back together um Mm -hmm. to like bury him and have his funeral and then one of them is missing and then he comes back and he's like the world ends in 10 days and that's where the first episode ends it's really good i gotta keep watching it my husband wasn't into it. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> well, I'm super jazzed because Stranger Things came yeah. out last night. We haven't started it yet because we wanted to be fresh. We were both so exhausted after the 4th of July, like having a party and having people over and cleaning up all day. And it was like we did fireworks and we stayed up till like, you know, so our kids could watch the Harry Potter movie. And it was late. And we're like, OK, we're just going to postpone this until tomorrow. So I'm so fucking I'm starting excited. it tonight. I love Stranger Things. Yeah, we're I have such a thing for Hopper, watch. Dad Bod. Oh, my oh God. My He's God. so thick. He is so fucking thick and big and, and just grumpy. And, oh, so grumpy and so damn And those cute. pants are so 80s tight. <laughs> oh, and he's like, I know, like he's got a nice ass, a big belly. I mean, he's he's heavy. Like he just feels so damn heavy on you. Uh, he just God. he just like weigh the bed down when he got into the bed. It uh, just yes. would like sink yes. down. The springs would mm-hmm. groan. Yes, yes. He's a little bit, and he's all he's got a looking. he's got. Uh, he's got turmoil. a cabin in the woods. He's got turmoil. He's got mm-hmm. he's lost. He's got, he's got a lost. he's got a dark past. Yep. <laughs> Let's just keep talking about it. <laughs> oh man, I, have, I, I am a fan of Hopper. Okay, I have an email. Okay, I have a couple of emails that I want to read to you guys. Here's the first one. Okay, I'm a new listener and just catching up. On your 11.2 podcast, you spoke a lot about weight and being satisfied. This year is the first year I finally embraced my body. I have always been I have always been a bit thicker and hated it. I eat healthy exercise work and am a really amazing mom and wife. Why do I care? This year has been different. I don't know what propelled the change, but it feels so good. Run in just a sports bra now, all 185 pounds of me. I have non-covered sex with my husband and walk around naked in front of my kids. My body is amazing and I will embrace every bit of it. Bring it on, world. I'm ready for you. Wasn't that awesome? Oh, I love that. What a kick-ass I'm really happy for you. That's awesome. And I'm having the same year. This is like the same year for that for me. It's like the first yeah. time where I've been like, like, I don't know. I'm just, I feel free. Tired of giving a fuck? Yeah, I'm tired <laughs> yeah. of, I'm tired of, well, it's like, I do care, but also I'm like, look at me. Like, look what I'm doing. Uh-huh. You know, like I'm doing a yeah. great job and this is what my body looks like and you can fucking take it or leave it. You know? So awesome. Why am I going to like, my happiness that. isn't going to depend on what a stranger thinks about my dimples, my butt dimples. You're damn right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Okay, here is, okay, this one is kind of, okay, this one is what I wanted to basically have a conversation with you about. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, I just, I have to pull it up on my phone. It, it's, uh, the, the email subject is a lonely lady listener. Dear lady podcasters, I've always wanted to write in and say hello, but it wasn't until Monday's podcast that I just couldn't wait to tell you how much this podcast means to me. Today, Tessa shared with us her breakdown in front of her husband after coming home from Target. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't laugh at your pain, but that was funny. (laughs) Coming home from Target empty-handed, and I almost cried because I can totally relate. Sorry, this is going to get kind of lengthy. And it is a little bit of a long email, but I think, like, everybody is going to relate to this. Okay. Especially me. 
After being laid off a few years ago, my husband and I decided I would try the stay-at-home mom thing for about a year. I stayed at home with our one-year-old and went through an isolation spiral. I've always been very anxious, introverted, and really had no close friends, so being even more isolated was not a good thing for me. Looking back now, I believe I was having some severe postpartum and really let myself go. If it wasn't for my addiction to romance, I'm not sure how I would have gotten through that time. I barely left the house and didn't have a lot of family close by. After a few months of searching, I found a work-from-home position and was starting to feel a little bit better. I at least had a small career and was contributing to the household financially. Eventually, my hard work paid off and I was given a higher position in the company that requires I come uh, to the office five days a week. During this time, I blossomed back into my old self. I wasn't alone all the time and was having conversations with adults and succeeding in my career. I was even washing my hair on a regular basis. <laughs> After a short time, I was made a lead team, uh, team lead and built relationships with clients and other members of the office. This lasted three years. As of May 2019, however, my team was dissolved and I started a new role where I once again would work from home and have very little communication with anyone. I told my husband how scared I was that I would slip into the person I was three years ago. I feel guilty because I, I know I'm lucky to have the opportunity to work from home and many people wish they could, but not having anyone to complain about how a project is not going right or even get acknowledgement for how much I've accomplished is very lonesome. As a team lead, I was constantly mentoring team members, talking taking client calls, having meetings, and now it's just me. I completely relate to feeling lonely in my job. I love what I do and I'm proud of how far I've come, but sometimes I'm afraid of what I'll become without the day-to-day -day workspace interaction. To this day, I do not have any close friends and really depend on my work relationship in order to socialize. And Tessa, when I meet someone new, I also completely overshare <laughs> as if we've been <laughs> friends for years. It's like I've never met another human being before and just vomit every thought I've ever had to the first person who might even give me the slightest attention. Cringe face palm. <laughs> Listening to you ladies really helps me not feel so lonely. I was just never one of those people with a lot of friends. I'm so thankful I have a wonderful husband and an amazing daughter, but I need some girlfriends in my life so we can talk about lipstick and dick jokes over coffee. After listening to you girls really makes or and listening to you girls makes me feel like I have a little bit of that. Thanks for the laughs in the company. It means the world, a lady listener. I do relate to that. Don't you relate to that? Like oh, yeah. You know, and also I was, you know, I think that we should maybe so I have a listener, I have a friend who's also a reader who, I won't say her name, but she's like, you know, raising, helping raise her grandchildren. So she's home alone a lot. Yeah. And I, like, I talked to her at a signing recently and she was just like, you could tell, like, she, it was yeah. hard for her to be alone, like, you know, and not mm -hmm. get, you don't get any credit for the good things you do and you don't get any acknowledgement and you're just so yeah. alone. And so I wanted to like talk oh. to those women. That's so hard, you know, but I, I really like, so I had this experience that was super isolating when I lost my job and then we moved seven hours away from friends and family. We relocated to a town where we didn't know anybody and I felt so isolated for so long. And I think like we may have even discussed this before, but I said my greatest fear was that when we moved away, people would forget about us. And it happened. Like, we had friends that just forgot to call, forgot to talk, because we didn't see them regularly. So, I mean, we were there for, like, four years. So, you know, this distance just grew. But I found Mel in that time. And I found Eagle in that time. And I found Jeanette in that time, you know. And it was like, it, you know, at that point in my life, 
I met these people who didn't live anywhere near me. I mean, Eagle's on the other side of the world, practically, like, you know, and I met Mel and like, I made these relationships with these people online and they've meant so much to me. They've changed my life. And, you know, just because you don't have that girlfriend next door that you can go grab a cup of coffee with doesn't mean that the relationships you have with people online like us or like the people in headquarters or, you know, the friends you talk to books about online that doesn't devalue those or make them any less meaningful because my most meaningful relationships in my life are with people that I met online. So, yeah, I mean, like, honestly, my best friends now are people I met through through like Twitter even or Facebook. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. this podcast is I mean, because of talked, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you and I yeah. talked on Twitter. The first time we ever chatted was t- uh, the three of us ever chatted was Twitter. Yeah. So I think and it like it all rolled into this eventually. I mean, so I just go ahead. I don't know. I mean, like I can see like the introvert and in people being like, well, I don't want to join something or I don't want to do. And I don't know that I would have this, done that at the time. I would I'd be more of a joiner now, I think. But I'm not a joiner and I'm an introvert and I'm very prone to isolation. Yeah. What works best for me from working at home is making a schedule and sticking yeah. with it. And oddly enough, when you get on these schedules, even if they're silly schedules, I go for a walk first and then I go to Starbucks to get my favorite drink. While you're in and the, or I go to the gym, you eventually start to, when you get on the schedule of doing the same things, other people are in these schedules too. And you meet people because you mm-hmm. see them every day and you start to talk to them because you're doing the same routine and it may not be a work routine, but I am now talking to the people who are in the building next door to me. I know that it took a while. I know everybody at the gym. I yeah. know the guy at Starbucks and the same girls that are there in the morning you will start to build kind of little talks and you'll talk to each other kind of like you do with people at work. Oh, that's really so, smart. It's so like it's, you're, yeah. you're, building a, you're building a routine and then people are built into that same routine without, yeah. without, without you really, you really knowing, knowing them. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you kind of step back, you're like, oh, I talk to these people like every day and I'll notice when people aren't there. I'm like, why? And they notice that? when you're not there. And yeah, that, that like, makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. people are like, where the hell have you been? At freaking Starbucks or the gym or you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, you'll yeah. grow it. It just, just get on a routine and get out of the house. Even if it's just to do silly, small things like going to Starbucks for a $4 coffee. <laughs> well, I can tell you that if you are willing to like branch out a little bit, that there are romance readers everywhere, you know, and they're the best people yeah. you can meet because they're just Absolutely. like you. Um, like I, this is not me tooting my own horn, but I just found out like my local library has all my, all the copies of my book checked out and it's on hold for like five months. Aww. And I'm like, okay, so there's all these people in my town reading my book and they have no idea. I live, I guess they have no idea. Yeah. I live here. But like there are romance readers you give more books all around library. me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm just <laughs> Go I'm just gonna avoid. I'm just gonna check the website every five seconds. <laughs> That's what normal people do. <laughs> um, but like they're, they're everywhere. They're all around, and like they obviously 
have not reached out or made contact with me in any way, like as a person, like I don't know anybody that reads romance novels in my town, but they're here. They're just hiding. I just feel Mm -hmm. like it's worth taking steps to like find people start like, I don't know, looking online, finding local people, romance people that live like all the time in my lo- in my um, Bailey's Babes group, people post and they'll be like, hey, I live in Pennsylvania and I'm going to this signing. Is anybody going to be there? And four yeah. people chime in. Yeah, I'll be there. Like, we're going to go to like this place for lunch if you want to join us. It's really just a healthy community um, most of the time. It is harder, though. <laughs> it is harder, though, when you're in more rural areas like Melina are. Like, you're definitely near big cities where that do book signings and stuff. But, like, my thing that I always try to do was, like, do find things that I was interested in. And this like, this actually went for, like, dating as well. Like, when I, I realized that I wasn't going to meet, like, you know, the person I wanted to have a, a healthy relationship with at a bar. Like, that just wasn't, that's not the lifestyle I have. So, that's not what I want to happen. So, I, like... I went to things that I wanted to do. Like I, I did like a pottery class. I did a paint class. I did like a cooking class. Like, you know, I took all these different things and I did all these things. Like I went roller skating with like a girlfriend, you know, like I just did things that I wanted to do that I found that were fun. And in those things I ha- I ended up making friends and like with Harry Potter, that's actually like a huge part of it. I mean, Mel can probably attest too with Pokemon. Like you get into this thing that you really like and you make friends through this and you don't necessarily think that that's the way you're going to join your community. But I mean, Mel goes out with people in her town to do raids and stuff. I mean, I'm obsessed with the Harry Potter game right now. And it's the same way. Like I've joined my local Harry, like wizarding group and stuff. Like I'm, I'm so into this. So, I mean, just figure out what you love and there are other people around you that love Isn't those there things. like a gr- a website called is it Meetup? What's it called? I think there's a group um sorry, a website called Meetup um that has like listings for local groups in every area. Uh, oh, whether cool. it's scrapbooking or yeah. or maybe romance reading. Yeah, meetup. Find meetups so you can do more of what matters to you or create your own group and meet people near you. I don't know. It's just an idea. I belonged to it when I when I first when I first had my daughter and I was like totally isolated. I was having yeah, my postpartum. Yeah. I like looked mm-hmm. for local baby groups in Brooklyn where I was. Yeah. And it, they just email you like a listing, like here, there's people are meeting at the library at 730 tonight or this morning, whatever. Yeah, you can, you know, just just like see well, what's like out Mel there. You don't said, have to commit to anything, but it's not it's maybe worth seeing what's out there and just like thinking about it. Right. Absolutely. And like Mel mentioned, like, you know, just keeping a routine and doing like I did that when after, you know, when we moved away and I had the kids and stuff and I was alone all the time, we would just walk the neighborhood. And I met so many neighbors that way that would just like be outside working in the yard and they'd be like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I live down on fifth block or whatever. And we'd just get to talk and they'd say hey to the kids or like give them a flower or something like that, you know, or I mean, it it was just really nice. Like that was an easy way to meet people. And like we'd go by every day and the same people would wave to us. And there was one house that had a monkey like upstairs. They kept a pet monkey and they would sit on the windowsill. And my kids wanted to go every day. Let's go visit the monkey. Like that was part of their routine. And even if you're not ready to to, like start looking for other people yet like just know that there's a lot of other people that don't have friends i mean Absolutely. you're not the only one I, I think like again social media <laughs> um yeah. it really does portray a certain image of like what your life should look like and i don't think that mm-hmm. that's accurate most of the time yeah, so for sure um Aww. all right i love that email i'm so glad she i know it. i was like uh, i totally i can feel where she is right now 
Yeah, I've, we've all we've been, all there. been there. Okay, we are. Shit, did I tell? Did I say this is read me romance? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thirty five minutes in, we are here for Natasha Madison week. Um, I'm gonna read another blurb of one of Natasha Madison's books out right now it's i think it's her most recent release it's called this is crazy and it's it sounds fantastic i'm picking it up okay sorry oh this is the spinoff series from the something so series so once you read that box set the 99 cent box set that's on sale right now the something so series you can pick up this one this is where it starts Zara Stone. All my life, I've said I will never date a hockey player. I know better because I've seen and lived it all. My father is a hockey god. My brother is the captain of the most successful NHL team in the world. And my brother-in-law also plays in the league. Their lives are complicated, so I went in the opposite direction. I fell in love with a scholar. But instead of proposing marriage, he broke up with me. Three months later, I saw his engagement picture on Instagram. I couldn't let him get away with that. No, I didn't. it didn't matter what. I was going to make that man see that I did not need him. Evan Richards. I was in the running to pass my point record from last year, ready to claim the number one spot in the league. On top of my game, I was riding my career high wave. Then hockey's princess Sarah Stone tweeted me. She wanted me to crash her ex's wedding. The worst that could happen, a PR nightmare. The best, a fun night with a beautiful woman. It started out as a game, something I'm good at. Her crazy idea twisted into something I wasn't looking for, something neither of us wanted. When push comes to shove, one thing runs through my mind. This is crazy. Also, this is crazy right. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah, sounds really good. Uh, so that's This is Crazy by Natasha Madison. But we're going to play the last three, three-ish chapters of <laughs> Tempt the X right now. Uh, and we will catch up with you guys on the other side. All right. Bye. bye. Chapter five. John. She texted me and I didn't text her back. I looked down at my phone and then up at Austin and Noah who were both on their computers. You guys told me not to text her, but I don't know. I looked at them. I should have texted her. You can't look like a dog waiting for a bone. Noah says. Make her grovel. Did you drop off the letters? He asks about the five letters we have done. I've dropped off two with a third this morning. I had to dress in a hoodie in case someone saw me. I tell them both. I swear I saw her shadow in the window and had to duck for cover. I look down at my hands. I fucking scraped my hands and I think I might have dislocated my knee. I rub my kneecap and feel the pain right away. Getting up, I go to the freezer and take out a bag of peas to place on my kneecap. Dude, and yesterday, her roommate Aria was all up in my junk. Austin's eyes come up from his computer. What do you mean, was all up in your junk? Noah's eyes come up also. Did she touch your junk? He asks me with one eyebrow up. No, I scoff at him as I change hands on the bag of peas. She didn't touch my junk, far from it. She was just... Weird and shit. I looked at them. Define weird, Austin asks as Noah crosses his arms across his chest. Well, she was all touchy and shit, and then I moved away from her, or I got up to get water, and when I sat down, I purposely moved away from her a bit, and then she was asking me if I wanted to study with her one-on-one. Hmm, Noah says. Maybe she wants your junk. Austin nods. Maybe she heard your penis is big and shit and wants to make sure it's true. Whatever you do, don't send a dick picture. We both laugh at him. 
That shit is not cool. Anyway, it was just weird, and then when we left, she texted me that it was good catching up. I squint my eyes. Good catching up? I barely said five words to her while I was dating Danny, let alone had a full-blown conversation. I get up, putting the peas back in the freezer as I limp back. Maybe it's a trick, Noah says, and then continues. Like, maybe she's showing Danny that you want her, and that you're a no-good-for-nothing piece of shit. I'm about to huff out, but he puts his hand up. I know you're not, dude, but maybe she's trying to get you in a compromising situation and then tell Danny all about how you're a douche. I wouldn't touch her with a ten-foot pole. I point at him and add, or with your dick. I think we should leave my dick out of this. My dick has nothing to do with this situation, Noah says, getting up to go to the fridge for a beer, then twisting off the top and throwing the cap in the trash. There is that big monster mash on Saturday. I say we go and see if she shows up. I don't want to go to these stupid parties. I just want to chill out at home with my girl, order fucking Chinese food, and just fucking chill. I say, frustrated. Rent a movie, make out, and then just stay home. You, Noah points at me, have to remember that you aren't fucking 40 and married. Now Austin and I are dressing up like Sonny and Rico from Miami Vice. He takes a pull of his beer. What are you going as? He asks, and I shrug. I have my costume of poncho from Chips from last year. You'd need your own sunglasses, though, because I broke that last pair. I throw my hands in the air. Fine, okay, I'll go, but if I see she isn't there, I'm leaving. I push away from the table and limp my way to my room. Lying on my bed, I pick up the framed picture of the two of us on our backs taken one night while we laid with each other. It took five different tries. Each one came out blurry because we kept laughing. I put the picture back and finally closed my eyes to go to sleep. The next day, I make my way over to the coffee shop where I know she frequents. I might look desperate, but I don't care anymore. I'm about to walk to the door when it opens, and I see her walking out with two other friends. I quickly hide around the corner, peeking my head out to make sure she doesn't see me. I watch her walking, so I wait a couple of more steps before I come out of my hiding place. But instead of going inside the coffee shop and calling it a day, I hear Noah's voice in my head. Follow her. So I keep a safe distance from the trio as they walk across campus, and I follow them. When I see them walking up the steps to the library, I duck behind a tree as I see them get to the door. Peeking around the tree, I see the two girls walk in, but Danny stops when she gets to the door. Instead, she turns around, and it's as if she can feel me watching her. When I see her eyes roaming the grounds in my direction, I put my back against the tree and try not to breathe. I wait a couple of minutes, then look back and see she's gone inside. I let out a huge breath I was holding while I bend over and put my hands on my knees. Hey, someone says next to me, and I look up to see Aria. Fancy meeting you here, she says with a smile as she approaches. The way she smiles makes me shiver, and not in a good way. Yeah, I was just on my way to the rink to meet Austin and Noah, I tell her. I try to walk around her, but she blocks me. Her hands go to my chest as she stops me from walking around her. John, I know that you and Danny recently broke up. She starts talking, and I back up so her hands are not on me. I was thinking that now that you're single... We could maybe go out and get a coffee? Aria, I'm still in love with Danny, I say, 
Even if I wasn't, I would never date her friend, let alone her roommate. I now walk to the right of her and try to walk away, but her next words make me stop in my tracks. You're the only one not moving on. Danny already has dates lined up for the weekend. I turn to watch her. See you at Monster Mash, she says as she walks away. I look back at the library and see a shadow in the window. I try to see who it is, but I can't see anything anymore as the showdown is done. I walk over to the rink, opening the door to go into the locker room. Dude, I throw myself on the bench. Danny's roommate is out of her mind. Who's that? Cooper asks as he steps out of his jockstrap. Cooper Stone is the biggest name in the hockey world. He plays with Austin and Noah, but after this year, he's going pro. The only question is which team is going to get him. Aria, Austin answers as he takes off his practice jersey. She just came up to me as I was following Danny, I tell them, and they all look up at me. Cooper stops what he's doing. You were following your girlfriend? X, Noah says as he walks into the room, placing his stick against the wall. She broke up with him last week. No way, Cooper says as he sits down, grabbing a Gatorade and draining it. Way. I put my ankle on my knee while my leg bounces up and down. Now she just told me that Danny is already dating. Austin shakes his head. I don't believe it. Noah gets up, taking off his shirt. Want me to check and see if I can get in there? Noah asks with a smirk while I glare at him. No, I don't want you to see if you can get in there, I tell him, and he shrugs. Here is a suggestion, Cooper says. Why don't you just ask her? Just call her up and say, hey, are you dating? He can't do that, Noah says. He's going to be like a punk-ass bitch if he does that. I think all the answers will be given at the Monster Mash. We should make a plan of attack. I'm out, Cooper says. The last thing I need is a record before being drafted into the NHL. Sorry, man, but... I put my hand up to stop him from talking. Not an issue. I look around the room, seeing that it's just the four of us. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but... What do you suggest? I ask Noah, who sits there with a grin from ear to ear and a twinkle in his eye. I shake my head. Nothing good will come from this. Chapter 6 Danny I stand by the window, watching to see if I see anything. The whole time walking to the library, I had the feeling someone was actually watching me, and it was scary as fuck. Thank God, I had Diane and Maggie with me. I opened the door, making them go in front of me, and when I see them inside, I turn to see if I can see anyone. But no one is there. I walk into the library and stand by the window to check to see if someone is out there, and what I see makes my stomach queasy. Aria is talking to John, but not just talking. She's fucking touching him. I'm going to break her fucking fingers if she doesn't move away from him, I say under my breath. I also see that John stepped back so her hands fall away from him. I see him walk around her and then see him turn back at something she said. But then I see her coming to the library. I get away from the window and run smack into her when she walks in. Hey, I smile at her. What's up? 
She looks pale as she sees me. Oh, hey, I was coming to see if I could have some quiet time and work on my next couple of projects. Oh, yeah. I walk with her to the table. So, are you here alone? I ask her, and she nods. Yeah, I just got out of class and came here. I notice she doesn't even mention John. I nod at her as I go to the table with Diane and Maggie, grabbing my bag and making an excuse to leave. While I walk out of the library, I call my sister. Okay, so I don't know if my mind is getting the best of me, I say as soon as she answers. But I think someone is following me. And I also think that rancid vagina Aria is trying to get John. Holy shit, can we do one thing at a time, she says. I mean, I spoke with you yesterday. How could all this happen in less than 24 hours? Have you been watching Dateline? I scoff at her. No. So I've been getting notes on my car about me, I say, as I walk across campus. What kind of notes? Melissa asks. Like, ransom notes? I roll my eyes. No, just basic, you're beautiful notes. I tell her as I get into my car. Do you recognize the writing? She asks as I start the car. No, there isn't writing. It's just words glued on a paper. Shut the fuck up, she shouts. You're making this up. I shake my head as I say, no, I swear. It's crazy, right? You need to go to the police. Jesus, what if the guy is legit insane and wants to kidnap you and then drives across the country with your head as a hat? Her voice goes higher and higher. Okay, who was the one watching too much Dateline now? I tell her, as I put the car in park when I arrive home. Anyway, I thought someone was following me today, so I walked inside the library, and when I went to look out, there was no one suspicious but I did see Aria with John. She touched him. That bitch, Melissa shrieks. What did you do? Did you tell her you're onto her? Did you kick her in her nasty vagina? I hate her. No, but she didn't mention that she saw John when she came into the library, which is weird, right? I mean, if my friend broke up with her boyfriend, I would tell her every single time I saw him. She is a sheep dressed in a wolf outfit. Melissa agrees with me. But seriously, I would make sure you are never alone. The letters are a bit creepy. I know. I'm going to make sure that my mace is always with me from now on, I tell her as I get out of the car. By the way, I got your costume that you sent me for Monster Mash. Is that the same one Elle Woods wore in Legally Blonde? I laugh thinking of the costume with the bunny ears. Yes, it cost me almost 300 bucks, so don't get vomit on it. Or sperm. You know I can't wear that, right? I tell her as I walk into my dorm room. Why not? It's like a swimsuit. Don't be a party pooper. Wear the fucking outfit. She laughs. Fine, I agree. But if I get butchered and some man is walking around with my intestines around his shoulders and my bunny ears, it's on you, I say, as I hang up the phone and pick up the box.
This better be worth it, I say to myself, tucking it away when I hear the key in the door and Aria comes in. Hey, I say as she walks to her side of the room and grumbles. Are you all ready for the monster mash this weekend? I ask her as she climbs up on her bed and lies down, kicking her shoes off. Yeah, kind of. She turns to look at me. Are you going with a date? She asks. I shake my head. I think you should, she tells me. I mean, you should go with AJ. I know he's been asking about you lately. I cross my arms as she continues. It will be good for you to get back out there. I'm really not interested in dating, I tell her, as I turn back to my computer, waiting for it to boot up. I think I'm just going to ride solo for now. What about you? I turn, looking at her. Is there anyone who you think you're going to hook up with? She shrugs her shoulders and squishes her face as she shakes her head. Nah, no one has caught my eye lately. She closes her eyes. But you never know what the monster mash will bring. This is true, I say, as I look back outside and then at her. She still has her eyes closed. I wonder if John will be there. She opens her eyes right away. You need to forget about him and move on. She looks right into my eyes when she says the next part. I heard someone say he's got a date to Monster Mash. My heart stops as my hands get suddenly clammy. Who said that? My throat's getting thick, my tongue feeling as dry as the desert. I think I heard it from Melody. Told you he's a douche. Arya throws in that last comment almost like it's an I told you so moment. I guess you were right, I say, and turn back to my computer to end the conversation. I put my earphones in as I turn my music on. By the time I finish, I get up and stretch my arms as I walk to my window. Looking over, I see Arya is sleeping. I watch the trees blow in the night and see the wind picking up a little bit. I look down at my car and see a white paper stuck under my wiper. Grabbing my jacket and keys, I walk downstairs, running in the chill. I look around, but the street is deserted. When I get to my car, I grab the note and open it. This one is creepy. I imagine you in my dreams. I fold the paper and look around, but I don't see anything. This time, the wind seeps into my bones, so I rush back inside and shut the door softly as to not wake Aria. I walk over to my bed and take a picture of the note and send it to Melissa. She texts me back right away. Melissa, you need to go to the police. This is whacked. I don't answer her. Instead, I just call her, and she answers right away. You need to go to the police. This is creepy, right? I ask her as she yells. Yes, not only that, but he probably masturbated on it. I look at the paper and then my hands. The paper is clean, asshole. You seriously need to show this to someone, she continues as I nod my head. I think you're right. I'll go tomorrow morning, I agree, and we hang up soon after. I open my drawer where I kept the other letters and notice that they have been moved. I had thrown a penny in the drawer last night and it landed on top of the paper. 
but it was now at the bottom. I look over and see that Aria is still asleep. I take my phone and text Melissa. Me. I need to also find a new roommate. Melissa. Amen. I take the letters out of the drawer, looking over to make sure she isn't looking, and I see her back is to me. I place the letters inside my bag and put it under my jacket. I finally fall into bed not long after, but my mind never shuts off. I wake with every creak. One eye opens while the night slowly brings daylight. When my alarm finally rings, I shut it off right away, since I was awake anyway. I get dressed without saying anything to Aria, who sits at her desk, working on something. Hey, are we going to go to the Monster Mash together? She asks as I'm shrugging on my jacket. Sure, I guess so. I answer her, grabbing my purse. Perfect. AJ offered to give us a ride, so I'll let him know that we'll be going. She smiles at me as I nod, grabbing my bag and making my way to the police station. Chapter 7 John Let's go, I yell up the stairs as I stand here in my costume. I'm dressed as one of the guys from Chips. The pants are so tight my balls feel like they're suffocating. I walk away from the railing and my boots squeak the whole time. I put my fingers in my belt as I wait for the two guys to come down. The helmet on my head is already making me itch. I take it off and scratch my forehead. I hear a door open and then another and then the two jog downstairs. Hey, I say as I take in my two roommates. What the fuck happened to you? I ask Noah, who's dressed the same as Austin in a white linen suit, except he's wearing the purple shirt and Austin has the pink one. Both have their sleeves rolled up to their elbow. I bought this self-bronzer at the mall, Noah says, but I can't do anything but stare at him. You're like an orange-yellow-brown color. I walk to him and touch his face, then look at my fingers. He places his hands on his hips as he rolls his eyes. It isn't that bad, he says, and Austin puts his fist to his mouth in order not to burst out laughing. Dude, it's worse than bad, Austin says as he watches Noah push me out of the way. Let's go so we can get good parking, Noah says as I pick up my gloves and put them on along with my sunglasses. Dude, your dick looks like it's suffocating, Noah says as he looks back at me. I grab my package and nod my head. These pants are so tight, I think they shrunk from last time, I say as I crouch down but can't get too far because of the stretch. You might bust those pants if you keep that up, Austin says. I stop trying to get lower and stand, and my legs almost groan. I walk out, closing the door behind me and locking it as I get into the back seat of Noah's sports car. I can't feel my fucking toes in this car, I say as I try to sit, but my knees almost hit my chin. He makes it there, and I literally roll out of the car. I'd rather walk home, I say as we walk toward the party. They have put green and red light bulbs all outside. I see a couple of people from class on the lawn. Is that Bam Bam? Noah asks, looking over at a guy wearing a loincloth. I think I just saw his nuts, Austin says as we walk up the stairs. We open the door and the music pours out. The house has been completely emptied, 
The DJ in the corner is the only thing in the house, and his lights are the only ones working in the house. Shit, I say as I take my glasses off and put them in the front pocket of my shirt. Hey there, a drunk girl comes to lean on me. You got any cuffs with that outfit? She says as she breathes her beer breath in my face. I push her away slightly. Nope, but he's a cop also. I point at Noah, who's looking at his pants and seeing that his white jacket now has brown from where his hands have touched it. Fucking thing is leaking, Noah says to Austin, who now just laughs at him. If you sweat, you might be like Michael Jackson going from black to white. I look around, and in a matter of five minutes, the room has gone from half empty to everyone trying to cram into the small space. I'm about to say something to Austin when I get bumped into from behind and turn to see it's Aria in a girl cop uniform. Except it's just a black bodysuit, which looks like a one-piece bathing suit with a black belt that holds a toy gun with a silver badge. She's wearing thigh highs and black platform stilettos. Her brown hair cascades down her back with a black cop hat. She looks me up and down. Seems we both are on the same side of the law. She smiles as she touches the star badge on my chest. I try to step back from her but it's so crowded. I fall a little bit more into her, and she wraps her hands around my neck. So tell me, John, will you cuff me to the bed, or do you want me to cuff you to the bed? I raise my hands to unwrap her hands from my neck. Look, Aria, I tell her, it will never happen. You know the saying, never say never. She places her hands on my hips. You just need a night to let go. She leans in, her lips to my ear. I want to do very dirty things to you, John. She licks my ear, and I shudder. She leans back, and I see her eyes go to the door. Oh, look, Danny's here with her date, she says, and my heart stops. I turn around to look at the door, and there she is. She looks like she's naked under her jacket. She slips it off, and I was right. She is naked, well... She looks naked. She needs to put that jacket back on. Holy shit, someone beside me says, so I look over to see that it's Noah. Dude, go lock that shit down. I look back and take in her pink bodysuit. It looks like a corset with pink fur on the boob area. She's wearing dark pink tights and black heels. Bunny ears sit on her head. I look at her, and the guy next to her, who I recognize as AJ once he removes his Darth Vader mask. He leans over to tell her something as she smiles at him and nods, then walks down the stairs. I turn to look at Arya. Maybe Noah wants to handcuff you, or try Austin, I say as I walk toward the kitchen to get something to drink. My throat's suddenly dry, so I grab a water bottle and twist open the top, then walk outside because I need fresh air. I inhale a deep breath and then let it out slowly. I look around the backyard and see people all over the place. A bonfire crackles in the middle of the yard, and people sit in groups. I walk to the far end, where I see Austin sitting with Cooper. I sit in one of the empty chairs, the tightness of the pants almost blocking my legs from bending. I fucking hate these things. Me too, Cooper says as he drinks his bottle of water. A couple of guys come over and start talking to us. The whole time my eyes go to the door, knowing she's just inside there. With a fucking date. I shake my head as I talk to Cooper. 
I see Noah coming down the steps, his face leaking brown. It's so fucking hot in there, I thought I was going to faint, he says as he sits down on the grass, takes off his jacket, and then wipes his face with it, leaving streaks of tan on his jacket. You paid $500 for that suit, I tell him, trying not to laugh. I don't give a fuck, he says as he looks at me. Your girl is leaving, he tells me, and I look at Austin, then at Cooper. What the fuck are you waiting for? Go get your girl, Noah yells. I stand in a hunched-over position and slowly rise as my pants stretch, then run out of the backyard. I look left and right as I try to weave my way through the people who have come outside. I finally see her walking down the sidewalk, her head down all by herself. I start following her, keeping my distance the whole time. Chapter 8 Danny My day went from horrible to even past fucking horrible, I think, as I walked down the sidewalk back to my dorm. The minute I got in my car this morning, I made my way over to the police station. As I walked up the steps, my heart beat so fast I felt like I would faint. I walked up to the raised counter in the middle of the room, and a balding man on the other side sat there looking down. Hi, I started, because the man was shuffling papers around the desk. I'd like to talk to an officer about some letters I have received. He looked up at me, the glasses on the edge of his nose slipping, but his fingers just pushing them back up. What kind of letters? He asked as he just stared at me. It started about a week ago, I told him, as I opened my bag and brought out the folded letters. I would find them on my car in the morning. At first, I didn't think much of it, but then I got this creepy feeling someone was following me. He grabbed the letters, unfolding them, and looked at them one by one. You found these on your car? He asked as he put them down, picked up the phone, and called someone. I have a girl here with a possible stalker. He placed the phone down and handed me the papers. Someone will be right out, he said, as he pointed at the chairs in the corner. I walked to them, then took out my phone and texted Melissa. Me. At the police station. I'll let you know. I didn't have time for her to answer because a man in a police uniform came out. He looked at the guy behind the front counter who pointed at me. Ma'am, my name is Detective Anderson. He put his hand out to shake mine. I took his hand, shaking it, and introduced myself. Danny Milan. Follow me. He turned and led me to the side door, which led to a big room with desks everywhere. He sat in his chair behind a desk in the corner, and I sat in the chair in front of him. So, explain what's happening. I swallowed and started. A week ago, I got the first letter. At first, I thought it was cute, but then the letters kept coming. Yesterday morning, I felt like I was being followed while on campus. Then I got the last letter. He took a pad out and started writing down the story. Is there anyone you can think of who could have done this? He asked as he looked up at me. Enemies? Ex-boyfriend? New boyfriend? I'm not dating anyone right now. I broke up with my boyfriend last week, I told him, as I wrung my hands. You think your ex would do this? No, I shook my head. John wouldn't do this. 
Anything else besides the letters and feeling like you were being followed? He looked down and then up again. No, I said, as I started thinking how crazy this sounded. Is there any way this could be from a secret admirer, now that you're single and all? I shook my head. I can't think of anyone who would do this. Okay, I'll fill out a report, but I have to be honest with you. We have nothing to go by, but I will give you a case number, so if anything happens and you call 911, they can reference it. He spent the next 10 minutes going over all kinds of shit I didn't even really listen to. I just grabbed the paper, said thank you, and walked out. The day dragged on, and I felt like nothing was going my way. Getting dressed, I texted Aria four times, and when someone knocked on my door and AJ was there, I didn't know what to say. I can't get in touch with Aria, I said, as he took in my costume, which I had seriously thought about changing since I looked like a hooker. My boobs were squished so tight, I felt my chin would bruise if I bounced. She just called me and said she got a lift there. He stood there with his Darth Vader mask under one arm. Shall we? He motioned to the stairs as I grabbed my coat and followed him down the stairs. We made small talk in the car as well as when we walked into the party. The music was so loud at that point, and the room was jam-packed. I kept looking around to see if I knew anyone after I took my coat off, but I didn't see anyone familiar. I smiled at AJ and then went my own way. I weaved my way through the crowd, finally coming face to face with Aria. Where were you? I asked her as she was drinking from a red Solo cup. I thought we were coming together and AJ would pick us up. She shook her head. Nah, I decided to throw the guy a bone by letting you guys be alone. I looked at her as I crossed my arms over my chest. Why the fuck would you do that? I told you that I didn't want to date him. So how is it right that you throw him a bone? I looked at her face. And at that moment, right there, I wanted to punch her right in the throat. Instead, I turned around and headed straight for the door. I grabbed my jacket and walked out. So I'm here now on the street, freezing my ass off since it's almost like I'm naked. I stop at the light before crossing the street when I feel someone walking behind me. My hand goes into my pocket as I fist the pepper spray that I have in there. And when I feel a hand on my arm, I swing around aiming and spraying the pepper spray. I yell out at the same time as the person wearing a brown cop uniform with a helmet. He tries to duck out of the way when I hear his voice. Danny. I stop spraying and look at the person in the eyes. Well, not in the eyes, because he's too busy moaning and groaning while he tries to rub the liquid from his eyes. Oh my God, John, is that you? I ask, shocked. He winces in pain as he coughs, and I see the water bottle in his hand. Oh my God, I say, as he gets on his knees in the middle of the sidewalk. Ugh, he yells as I pour the water on his face. But the bottle is only half full. I whip my jacket off as I try to hand it to him, but he leans over, heaving on the sidewalk. Oh my God, I shriek. This is bad, this is bad. I get on my knees in front of him. I see a cab drive by and flag him down with one hand as I crouch down next to him. When the car pulls over, I tell him, I got a cab, you just need to get up. 
I squat in front of him, holding his hand and helping him get to his feet. I walk to the cab sideways while I see John try blinking his eyes again. It burns, he says as he squeezes his eyes closed again. Just follow me, I tell him, as I lead him by his hand and get into the car. Okay, bend down, I tell him, as he stumbles into the car. Do you think we should go to the ER? I ask him, as he continues trying to open his eyes. I think I'm blind, he says, as he tries to open his eyes again. Take me home, he says, as he winces. Why the fuck did you have spray with you? He asks, as he tries just one eye this time. Still burns. I look at the driver and give him John's address. We should be there soon, and we can rinse your eyes out. You tried to blind me, he says as he coughs again. We pull up in front of his house, and I take out my credit card and swipe it in the reader to pay for the cab ride. I get out and hold his hand as I guide him up the stairs into his house. I walk to the kitchen, then turn on the water and guide his hands under the faucet. He bends his head, cupping his hands, and splashes water on his eyes. I leave him, running upstairs to the linen closet where I grab a towel and bring it downstairs. He is still at the sink, opening and closing his eyes. I see blurry, he says, as he grabs the towel and puts it against his eyes. Even my lungs burn, he says, as he wets the towel again and puts it back on his eyes. He does that for what seems like forever. At this point, my shoes are off as I watch him wash the pepper spray out of his eyes. He turns to me, one eye covered by the towel and one eye squinting open. Since when do you carry pepper spray? I roll my eyes at him, thinking this really isn't my fault. Since yesterday, I answer him as he takes the towel and switches eyes. Why were you sneaking up on me? He looks at me, glaring through his one eye. I wasn't sneaking up on you. I was making sure you were okay. You were walking down a dark road, semi-naked. Where the fuck was your date anyway? His words came out harsh, the last part causing me to snap my head back. What the hell are you talking about? Date? I moved to him, pushing my finger into his chest. I'm not the one dating and moving on. He swats my hand away from his chest. I wasn't the one who showed up with a date now, am I? I cross my hands over my chest. We really need to talk, I say to him, before the door opens and Noah and Austin walk through the door. Chapter 9 John my fucking eyes burned so much. I had no idea that grabbing her arm would unleash the beast. She swung around like a ninja warrior pointing and aiming even before I knew what was going on. And then the burning started. I wet the towel again and bring it back to my eye as the door opens and Noah and Austin walk in. What the fuck? I hear Danny next to me as she takes in Noah's jacket that is now a brown color due to his face. What happened to you? She asks Noah and he looks at me with his eyebrows pinched together. What the fuck happened to you? Noah asks me, ignoring Danny's question as he points at me, holding the wet towel on my eye. 
She sprayed me with pepper spray, I say as I point at Danny. She throws her hands up in the air. I thought he was a stalker. Austin and Noah both throw their heads back and laugh. It isn't funny. I still can't see out of my left eye, I say as I press the towel harder on my eye. It's all your fucking fault. I point at both of them as Austin stands there with his hands in his pockets, rolling his eyes. How is you being pepper sprayed our fault? Austin asks as he points at him and Noah, who's nodding. If it weren't for you two clowns, I would have just called her, I say, pointing at Danny as her head goes back and forth between us. I would have laid my cards on the table. I get up, wetting the towel again as I blink and I'm finally able to see. I wet the towel, placing it on my other eye. But did I listen to my gut? No, I say, sitting back down. Instead, I worked on the getting the X back plan. The what? Danny asks, and I'm about to answer her when Noah pipes in. It was a list to make sure you would take him back after you broke his dick. He points at her, and she looks at me in shock. I roll my eyes. She didn't break my dick. You can't even say that with a straight face, Noah points at me. His dick doesn't even get hard when he watches porn. You, he turns and points at Danny now. You broke his dick with your voodoo vagina. My what? Danny asks as confusion takes over her face. You broke up with him and now you're out dating all these other people while this punk sits home waiting for his dick to work. Noah says and stops when she slaps her hand on the table. I'm not the one dating, she says, pointing back at me. This asshole is the one playing the field. I look at her with confusion on my face. Oh, don't sit there looking at me like I have two heads. I heard from Aria that you are all over the place now. We all shriek. Aria! At the same time as she turns her head, glaring at all of us. Come again? She asks as she looks at us and throws her hands up. Actually, fuck come again. I find this pretty fucking interesting that Arya tells you that I'm dating, yet she tells me that you're over there putting your banana in 15 different fruit fucking smoothies. She gets up, putting her hands on her hips. Assholes. Enough. I slam my hand down on the table, blinking my eyes as they both start to finally seem more than just shadows. I've had enough of all this shit. I throw my hands up as the three of them stare at me during my meltdown. I fucking had it. I put my hands in my hair. This whole sneaking around, writing letters, and following is over. Look. I turn to look at Danny. I love you with my whole heart and everything that I have. I shake my head. But all this crazy James Bond shit is too much for me. I look around the kitchen now. Where the fuck are my glasses? I ask. Danny walks to the counter, picking them up and bringing them to me as I put them on. She stands there in front of me, looking at me. Can I just ask what you're talking about? Danny asks as I stand here, thinking about lying or just shading the truth. Then I look at my girl, standing in front of me. When you left me, I was down in the dumps, so we made a plan. I start telling her everything. A plan? she asks as she crosses her arms over her chest but doesn't move away from me. Yes, Noah interjects. A kick-ass plan, I might add. We even made a list. He points at the list on the fridge. Look at it. 
He points at the fridge and Danny walks to the fridge and rips it off. Write letters? She looks at me as she asks the question. Oh my God. She hits her head with her hand. You! She points at me with the same hand holding the list. You were the one leaving the creepy fucking letters on my car. Yes, I tell her. And they were not creepy. They were kind and loving as the truth. Are you insane? You didn't even fucking write them. You stuck letters on the page. She shrieks. They were genius, Noah says. Finally, Austin speaks up and tries to get her to see our side. They were supposed to be loving and show you that he loves you. He points at me. She shakes her head. It scared the shit out of me, and I went to the police, she tells us as I open my mouth to say something, yet nothing comes out. You went to the cops? Austin asks, as Noah has the same shocked look as I do. I started to panic a bit, my heart starting to beat faster, making me forget that my eyes still burn. Holy fuck, man, I think my fingerprints were on that shit, Austin says. This is all your fucking fault, Austin says, looking at Noah and pointing his finger. You and your crazy fucking plans, they never fucking work. The plan was genius. It's not my fault that he fucked it up, Noah says, pointing at me. You fucked it up by creeping her out. You told me not to write it and to glue the letters together. That is what I did, I point out to him. I followed it to a T. Enough, Danny yells with her hands up. You two idiots got him pepper sprayed and you... She turns, stabbing me with her pointing finger. Why the fuck would you take relationship advice from Dumb and Dumber? She points at Austin and Noah. I take offense to that, Noah says as he puts his hand on his chest and Austin punches him to shut him up. Okay, it's time for us to give you two some space, Austin says as he grabs Noah by the arm and drags him away. We watch them walk away as I turn back to her. Danny, I say as she puts her hand up, stopping me. Were you dating? She asks me, and I shake my head. Did you try to come on to Arya? That bitch came on to me, I tell her. Hands down, she said she always had a thing for me. I swear to you. I walk to her. I would never, ever do that to you in a million years. She walks to me, placing her hands on my chest. I missed you. I put my hands on her bare arms, rubbing up and down. I missed you so much. I see her look up at me. I really want to kiss you right now. I really want you to also, but most of all, she comes closer. I want to know if you'll forgive me. My hand goes to her face as my thumb rubs her cheek. For being so crazy and letting you go. She wraps her hands around my neck and her fingers go into my hair. I lean down slowly watching her stick her tongue out lightly as I get closer and hear her voice hitch. We done? I ask her as she nods and my lips land on hers. My heart pounds in my chest, slowly racing back down. It's like it knows I'm home. It's like it knows this is where I'm always supposed to be. My tongue slips with hers as my hands go into her hair and I finally sigh. She's here. She's with me. I let go of her hair, my hands roaming down to her ass where I pull her into me, 
and she moans into my mouth. I'm about to push her on the table and eat her out. We can't do this, I tell her while our chests heave and I see her eyes get sad. I mean, we are doing this, just not here. What do you mean? Her hands come from my neck down to my chest. So last week when we had sex on the couch, Noah watched. I tell her and see her eyes almost come out of her face. You can kill him tomorrow, but right now, I grab her hand and drag her up the stairs. Right now, I stop in front of my door, opening it up. Right now, we have a lot of time to make up for. She smiles and nods her head. Days and days. She turns and leads the way to my room. Epilogue. John. Six months later. I can't take it anymore, Noah says from the table while I sit down and eat my toast that Danny just put in front of me. What is that exactly? Danny asks, sitting in the chair next to me with her cup of coffee in her hand. It's Sunday morning, and we just ventured out of bed. Six months ago, we made up several times that night, and the next day, I helped her move in her stuff. The lovey-dovey, Noah says, groaning. Isn't that what you wore out last night? Danny asks him, and I finally look at him. I got lucky, he shrugs, getting up. What can I say? Turning, he walks up the stairs and stops when he must cross paths with Austin. Don't go down there. They're all over each other. I shake my head and pull her chair closer to me. I love you, I whisper to her. They are not all over each other, Austin yells back upstairs. He said you guys were all over each other. He walks to the coffee machine. And you came down to check? Danny asks, shocked. I don't have to come down and check, Austin says, peering at us over his cup of coffee as he leans back on the counter. I don't know what you were doing to him last night, he looks at Danny. But don't do that again unless we aren't home. I look over at Danny, who smirks. Noted. And you... Austin looks at me. Dude, you sounded like a pig with your grunting and shit. I do not sound like a pig, I say, shocked, looking at Danny. Don't ask me. I was too involved in what I was doing to listen to you, Danny says. She wiggles her eyebrows, knowing full well what she was doing. You guys are gross, Austin says, walking out of the room. Will you marry me? I look at Danny, who looks shocked. I mean, I know I have to do this whole roses and romantic and all that, but I want you to know that I want to marry you. John, she whispers. You deserve to have it all, and I promise you that I'm going to spend the rest of my life giving you everything that you need. Yes, she whispers, nodding her head with tears in her eyes. Good, I tell her, biting a piece of toast. Now, when I get the ring, I'll ask you for real. I don't need a ring, she says. All I need is you. She puts down her coffee cup and gets up, grabbing my hand. I think it's time for a round two. I throw my toast down and chase her upstairs where we go through round two and three and maybe four. The End 
And we're back. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. I hope you love the ending to that. There was so many twists and turns in that one. It was just like bonkers and hilarious. Uh, So I know everybody wants more Natasha Madison. You can pick up the Something So box set right now for 99 cents. Pick up This Is Crazy, her new release. Check her out, natashamadison.com. Follow her everywhere. She's like a total delight um, and a really sweet lady. And she writes really sexy stuff. So, awesome. yeah. Um, I'm going to mention that Filthy Bows is out by Alexandra Tori. Did I say her first? Alessandra Tori. Alessandra yeah. Tori. Yeah, 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 okay. That is out yeah. to say that cover looks fantastic. Filthy Vows, right? Yeah. It's uh, the, yes, the wife it's tells the beautiful. husband her fantasies and he makes them uh-huh. happen. Yeah. I'm going to pick that one up for sure. But it's, you can go to our quick links and I'll have new releases up so you can get it from there. All the releases that we've mentioned this week will be in the new release tab yes. of the quick links awesome. on Instagram. Who do we have next week? Uh, Ali Martinez is going to be here next oh, week. Nice. Yeah. Tell, what book does she have for us? It's called week? Smolder. And I think it's part of one of her other series. I just don't have the information in front of me, which I should. That's okay. my job. But <laughs> <laughs> you got one thing to do, Tessa. Yeah. The whole podcast. <laughs> Ali Martinez is coming next week. She's really popular and really, I mean, she's a really great writer. She pulls at all your strings when you read her. She's very good at oh, what she yeah? does. So you don't want to miss next week. And also Natasha Madison is giving away some audiobooks and a signed copy of Temp the Boss. So go to readmeromance.com and enter the giveaway. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. That really helps us out. We appreciate those numbers and follow us on Instagram and in our Facebook group, Read Me Romance Headquarters. Yay! Yay! Have a good weekend. Leah, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make stay your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance.